Welcome to another episode of the Awareness Advantage Podcast, where leaders who are good at getting stuff done become great leaders to influence and inspire people. I'm your U.S. co-host and best-selling author, Kevin McCarthy, joined by my good friend, Canadian business partner, and best-selling author, Licky Labji. If you have not yet done so, click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, the Awareness Advantage Podcast. So welcome, everybody, and we're looking forward to another great leadership forum because you all bring a collective genius to the conversation, and that's what we're excited about. We always love to hear what you have on your mind, what issues are going on, what you would love to get some other insights and perspectives about, um, but we also bring a, a topic up for discussion as well. So let's open it up with what you have in mind. Do you have a question or something burning that you need to resolve? That's yeah. yeah. Any relationship issues going on at work? Boy, hang on, Kevin. We're not a we're not a relationships coaching program. Remember that we're a leadership program. Well, it, leadership is all about relationships. So I totally agree with you. Uh, but what I think what you're trying to say here, Licky, is we're not a marriage counseling system. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's interesting how our work actually helps in marriage, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. In fact, I, I wish I had known in my youth what I know today, but then that's why W.C. Field said that youth is wasted on the young, right? <laughs> if only we can go back with the knowledge we have today. The, uh, I'm just going to refrain from commenting on any of this right now. Mm -hmm. You're pleading the fifth? I am. So any topics, any questions for anybody? All right. Well, we have one. You know, you're setting up a really incredible expectation for people when we ask these things to, for I everyone. Have, I have high expectations, but it's always frustrating when, when people don't communicate it with me. With their Why do you want to set expectations for people and not communicate? Well, well it sounds like the topic. Right? It's unfolding. Well, what a topic. Yeah. Let's, let's get right into that one. <laughs> so here's what did just walk into? I didn't, right? Welcome. And, and maybe you should walk out. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We need everybody's genius right now. Here's the question of the hour. What do you do when your boss or others are simply not communicating their expectations? So what I was contemplating on bringing up when you're like, hey, who's got something to talk about? Fits right perfectly in with this. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, no, it wasn't, but it was. <laughs> It wasn't because I was in the position of adversity. I was the person that somebody said, one of my colleagues was like, I have a problem with you. Mm -hmm. But as we went through the problem and she sent me this in an email and, and I'm reading it the next day and I read, it's like three lines, super easy. I broke each line apart. I let the first one affect me. You know, the first read of it, I was like, oh, something's not, nope, nope, no, 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 no. Back out. Come back a little while later and I reread it. And I wanted to give myself time before I, you know, totally exploded because I was ready to. I let her have lunch. I, you know, let the day kind of go on. I was at a meeting this morning, yesterday morning, and I came into this. Like, it was the first email I read when I opened up. And I'm like, this is not how I started my day. And it clearly, it was perception and expectations completely. Because when I actually, I walked into her office and I was just like, after I took some time to just like, whoa, slow down, breathe, think. Think of the things you want to say. Then think of the things you should say and don't say any of that. Just open up the conversation, right? So I walk in your office and I'm like, we need to talk about this. So, hmm. I just said, I, I want to believe what I'm perceiving in written format is not 
what you intended. But I hear that there's perception issues and there's expectation issues from what I'm reading. So how about you clarify for me? 20 minutes later, I walked out of her office still like, hmm, we'll see if that happens again. And it was, it was perception in, in situation and it was expectation that I knew how to do something and that it was going to continually be my job because I offloaded this. I, I trained this individual in this very specific platform and I said, okay, you're good. Like I've taught you what I know and I self-taught. So if there's some easier way, better way, whatever, go find it. This is how I learned it because I learned it on my own. And then the situation came up and it was related to this very platform that I trained her on. And I said, you're the resident expert. In the last two months, you've been in there more than I've been in there in the last 12. So you now are the, the owner of the information. I've taught you what I did know. If you don't know how to do it, there are like, ask the helpline, call and get the directions. Like I, I, I can only get you so far. Your expectation of me that I know everything and that I can be 100% in this is not necessarily inaccurate, but I'm putting the onus on you to take ownership of this thing that is not mine to own anymore. Interesting, uh, Randall. I heard a couple of different things there. There's some high expectations set on you by her that you would be there all the time. And that wasn't communicated. And I'm not sure whether you communicated your expectations to her, whether you wanted her to learn on her own and you'll be the guide as opposed to the carrier. Well, I definitely have made it clear over the last number of months that I built the pipeline. If you want to carry water in a bucket, by all means, carry water in a bucket. But I built the pipeline to you. I showed you everything. I taught you everything. And I, I know I had made it clear. Okay, you're top. If you need assistance, I may have some information. Keeping in mind that platforms update and change, that at some point, whatever I know is not going to be applicable anymore. Okay, so let's uh, open this up to the, the rest of the forum and see what the input people have around expectations and conversations around this. And who actually, who else deals with this on an ongoing basis? Yeah, or if you have clarifying questions. Yeah, Vera's got her hand up. Yeah, I have a question for you, Randall. While you were teaching and sharing your information with this person, did you check that that person actually understood the information you gave them? Mm. Yes. So I always start any of my training sessions with what type of learner are you? What works best in your environment? Because I know what I can teach like, and I know how I like to be taught. So I tend to gravitate to my style of teaching and my style of learning are, are, are the very, very similar. If the person that I'm working with training or explaining something to, I need to know that first, because if you're a big picture, then details, or if you're details, then big picture, I need to know, are you visual? Are you not? Do you want screenshots? Do you want, you know, like I, I go through the whole process to make sure that if I'm going to share information with somebody, that it is to the best of their ability and it may, be, may make it more difficult for myself. But I did definitely go through the steps of how do you learn best? How can I offer this information to you in the best way for you to retain what I'm teaching? Please stop at any point, take notes, ask questions. This has been, what are we, January? So eight months of this very same story. So did that person ever ask you questions in the process? Or is it now eight months later that... Because what I'm hearing is that you're trying your best and the other party 
they may try their best too, but somehow there's a gap there. And so, you know, when I see that, even for myself, it's like, so maybe I need to go check and it's like, I, I think I just said this. Is that what you heard? Can you tell me if that is what you heard? And so that's why I'm asking, did you like check in like, you know, intervals or whatever that would be? Like, is this coming across? Are you learning anything? Is, does this make a difference? <laughs> you know? Well, at the end of this story, I really am to the point of it didn't make a difference. Right. Like I'm still still finding and this is where the cutoff started to happen was I, I, I was becoming the individual. It was too easy. And then I was trying to put some of the, the, the communication back in and, and present that you have the same tools I have and I've given you the tools that I used. We're now at a point where I am repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating, and it's just too easy. I mean, there's a wall between us. Right. So I walk down the hallway and how do I do this task? Well, I've told you this before, so let's go through this again. And this is what I know I said the first time or the last time, whether or not that has, you know, been retained information. Let me try, think of how I could explain this in a different way to still get to the same result. So the check-ins were more driven on the other end because I did put, I had made it clear. I know I had made it clear several times to like, this is your job function. This is your responsibility. I have taught you. If you have questions, I'm available. If you're stuck, don't click next. Just double check. Gene, looks like you have a question. Randall, I've heard you say it's clear a few times. And my question is, it sounds like it's clear to you. Yes. As so, much. As so much. I'm going to push back a little bit here is like, if the goal is clarity, whose clarity are you truly seeking? Ooh. Ooh. Ouch. We didn't know we had hot seats in this program. Oh, Gene's in the house. We know that there's a hot seat. <laughs> I'm going to say my clarity, just, just for, for sake of not spending. But you already have thinking that. about it. I do already have that. Absolutely. But it's not. So what, what is it really that you're, you're, you have here? I hear frustration. Oh, I totally, at this point, am. I did the job mixed in with my job for far too long that I was like, just take it. It's yours. I don't want to do this anymore. At what point do you actually stop engaging and holding true to that boundary you said you set, if it's clear? Oh, well, that, that I was... I think that's a great question. But for me, it's also, when did you set that boundary? Because it sounds like you are now setting that boundary when you say, I'm done. Like, I can't do this anymore. But... I think you may not have set that boundary in the beginning and set the expectation with that person and say, hey, you know, this is the boundary. This is what I do. And this is not, you know, this part is your responsibility. I think that may have happened, you know, as you were training that person. Right. And I, you know, when you say like you're the teacher and then the student is there, it's their responsibility, accountability to take that on. Maybe that's just not how they function. <laughs> you know, And I see that a lot. Uh, in my work as well. It's like you can teach in so many different ways. It takes at least two to tango, right? That other person needs to take it in and do something with it. So, And that is where I ended my conversation yesterday. So this like conversations are a two-way street. Thank you for reaching out to me and thank you for, for letting me know how you felt about a specific situation. And uh, now we're in this conversation cycle. I, I did go that route after after I let her speak and I, I, I definitely gave her what I interpreted the message to be. And I said, I, I, and I knew that I, my interpretation of it was not necessarily correct. Although I could feel her frustration just the same. 
I had, and I would have communicated those boundaries. Like, okay, I'm teaching you this because this is your job function. This is not mine. This is, this is not my responsibility. I'm just in the mix of this because I filled a gap that I don't want to fill anymore. Yesterday was just the final, like, it's your job. From now on, maybe my answer to your question is, I don't know. Have you tried every option before you come to ask me a question? Because I'm, I'm, I'm at the point of, I'm, I'm not using this platform near often enough that I would have to self-learn all over again. As we're, as we're going through this conversation, having Randall on the hot seat, who else can relate to this for themselves with your relationships, with your colleagues, with your bosses or your kids, the expectations think that they're set yet they're not because they're set in your mind and not in theirs or the communication isn't clear. Well, I'll at least say yes. I don't have specifics, but I know that's happened quite a lot. Yeah, I'm sure all of us feel this and, you know, we set the boundaries and I'm done. I've tried as much as I can. They're not getting it. And then Jeannie asked a really good question. Have I, or have we really set that clear communication to them so they understand as opposed to us thinking we understand? And is it important enough to get that point across to them? Well, and, and to your point there, Lagine, one of the things that came up for me in this conversation uh, in Randall's situation there is oftentimes when there's expectations, there are assumptions involved. So for example, I'm taking a stab at this, but I'm assuming right now that you may have assumed she understood clearly, which may or may not be a fair under, you know, assumption, but it's an assumption nonetheless. What assumptions did she make that led to her expectations, right? So when we have expectations, maybe that's uh, that's another layer of trying to answer those questions or, or solve the conundrum is, hmm, what assumptions are, are, are going on here that led to these expectations? And that thing that comes up, what is actually underlying that? Is there like a sense of like fear of doing the job wrong or something else that's underneath the running back to you to the safety net? And maybe trying to put a, a pulse on what's actually underneath what is showing up. I would say 100% agree. And I would say that that is, that was the element of how yesterday ended, right? I mean, we're back on, we're, we're in a good place. We're, we're, we're okay. You know, figured some stuff out, but that's exactly what I was, where the boundary was when, you know, like I'm done, this is not my job is because I wanted to, like, you have your own safety net. You don't have to click next. You don't have to click. Okay. You can stop and stare at what you're doing and make sure that you've checked every box along the way. Pretty good chance that I still actually know how to use the platform and I'm not going to have to self-learn like pretty good chance that not much has changed inside of the specific platform, right? The whole goal is if I'm going to teach somebody to fish, you should be able to go out and fish, right? If you have to continually come back to me to fish for more, or how do I fish again? At some point you, you do need to feed yourself, right? And I'm using that same analogy in this at some point, it's okay. It's going to be unnerving and it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to feel like there's fear in doing a job wrong. But the beauty of this platform is, is if you don't like it, you click cancel and you start all over. And if you send it and there's an error, say la vie. This specific platform goes out to very specific individuals. It's very different types of information, but there's a spelling error or the picture's wrong or the link goes to the wrong place. Hell, I did that once this week already with one of our, we had, we had a, an event function and I used the wrong Google meet link. 
and it went out into public media and whoops, I'm not the only one that didn't catch it, but I was the one that created the, the advert and it was wrong. My bad. Next time I'll watch for that, but I can deal with that. I, I would take into account that there would be something like that in an assumption type format. Let me tag on to what you're saying, Rand. Well, at the same time, kind of bring it back to the original question and, uh, and kudos to this person who emailed you. She may have done it the wrong way, uh, or at least you certainly perceived it or received it in a way that was not the, 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 uh, optimal, uh, way, but she at least made an attempt to reach out. So the question originally was, what do you do when you have these expectations or you, you know, somebody else's has, has expectations on you and they're not communicating those expectations. What do you, what can you do? How do you approach that? How can you generate a conversation in a healthy way? If you are in leadership at any level from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now back to the program. I'm going to help rephrase that a little bit more. It's not just towards Randall. We are all in a situation like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. We're, our expectations aren't set and either or it could be from a partner, from a relationship, whatever that relationship is, you know, it's from <laughs> had a leadership forum yesterday and we talked about loading dishwashers and the expectations that are set on how a dishwasher is supposed to be loaded. <laughs> and so we all have our ways and what's right, what's wrong, but are they communicated? So it, even simple thing as a dishwasher can be set as an expectation. And if it's not communicated well, it's a problem. It just stems up and resentment starts building up. And what I'm hearing right now, Randall, this is resentment, like I'm done. And the other person's probably feeling the same way. I'm done. He's not getting me. And there's just no communication at that point. So how, and this isn't the question for everybody, not just you, Randall. How can we all communicate something that's needed to move forward? Uh, sorry, IT is still setting up my computer. I'm just off mat leave and I'm back into a new position. They threw me into marketing. I was in sales, now in marketing. Um, so I think like I'm in a position right now with expectations. There is none because it's a new position. They don't really know where it's going. Um, I'm still trying to get into people's heads on what they want to see versus what we're doing. So there's a lot of communication here that like I'm learning how to communicate in a different position and I'm looking at different expectations that are coming my way. I do a lot of marketing pieces and they never fit in really with what the CEO is looking for. So I'm really like having to look at different communication styles and figure out the expectation blind to it, I guess, in this position right now, and hopefully not step on anybody's toes as I'm moving forward. <laughs> a lot of gray area right now. So there's a lot of expectation and communication that I need to work on <laughs> with this job. And a lot of opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You said something there, Jean. Um, you need to understand styles. And what does that mean to you? 
So I just did a project and it was an invitation to a one year anniversary uh, for one of our hotels. And we had six artists throughout the year be in the program. And so I was trying to bring in, we have vocal artists, we have different artists and it's the CEO's dream. This is his project, his, you know, baby. So I'm trying to see what he wanted. So I did three different, you know, templates, sent them all out to him. And of course, none of them were what he wanted. And that's marketing. You know, you take their comments with as a growth, not a, it's, they don't like it. <laughs> so it's like, a you know, you're painting a picture on what you think the CEO wants, but I'm still trying to get into his head. Like, what is he like? Does he read the newspaper? Is he online? <laughs> that was fair. Lots of opportunity, but I'd still, you know, I don't know if there's any tips for communication and how to, you know, set the expectation or ask the right questions. So I'm not doing, you know, five or six templates. <laughs> Who can uh, provide some insights to, for Gene on those type of questions? How can you ask the CEO in a way that the CEO will receive the information so that you can get clarification? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of my work centers around building relationships. And that's what I'm hearing here is find any opportunity, create an opportunity to build the relationship. So you just understand a little bit more about him and ask for his receiving style. Hey, do you want me to just throw spaghetti at the wall? Or what's your style? Randall used a term earlier in the call about learning style. Um, what's his receiving style? What's his communication style? And just try lots of different things and see what works, see what lands. Ask him for what he needs and how he needs the information. Ask. So many times we we try to figure it out or we, we make assumptions um, when oftentimes a simple question, who doesn't want to be asked how they want something? received how they want something done and recognizing that you know he's clearly a, a busy person with probably not a lot of free time uh, and that's where just go with your with your intuition and your instinct and what feels right and create the relationship so that he feels he can come back to you easily if it's not right without your feelings getting hurt or being offended you said something a couple minutes ago and what i was thinking of was hold it loosely Hold it lightly, let go <laughs> personally. Over the years, I've learned not to take it personally. I'm in an area role, so I have um, quite a few different CEOs that run their own stuff. So everybody's style's different, and I'm doing different projects for different people. <laughs> so I'm getting these expectations that are all different. Yeah, <laughs> juggling. Yeah, and and you're in that role for a reason. So let bring your own style to it. And, and your own way of doing things and trust that if it's not what somebody needs, that they'll, you're creating that relationship that they feel like they can come back to you and say, mm, not exactly what, what I was looking for. Thank you. That did give me lots of tips. On that note, Gene, I was that CEO that wanted the marketing material to be done for me just perfectly. Yeah. Yet I didn't communicate what I really wanted because I didn't know. I just had mm -hmm. a vision. I was a visionary. I kind of knew it way out there what I kind of wanted. Mm -hmm. and I never communicated it. And myself as the marketing person actually had a lot of head-to-head -head conversations, but in a nice way. And she kept on asking me questions, kept on asking me questions to get me down to a point where 
get to understand what I wanted because I didn't know what I wanted. I just knew I wanted marketing. I wanted sales. So patience and trust yourself, trust yourself that you know what you're doing and take the guidance and dig deeper. I feel like that, you know, you go back to that fishing quote and the line's going out and then it comes back in and then we're so far out again, real and Vatican. So mm-hmm. yeah. A little thought is each project will get you closer to the mark. So, you know, as you do build that relationship and find what he does approve, you're going to narrow it down. So it might be more work in the beginning, but it'll, it'll get more targeted in the end. The other thing you could do is look back at what he has approved in the past and see there'll be a certain look to it or a certain colors that he seems to like. The look of the logo, the look of all of that he'd have to have approved. So you'll kind of get some tips or hints from that as well. But I think the best is the curiosity position. Just keep asking of those questions. Mm-hmm. And I think to build onto the fishing quote, Gene, is uh, you're looking for your optimal fishing hole and it's going to take a little bit of time to get there. So every time you cast that line out, you get nothing. You're like, oh, it's not there. Cool. Another opportunity knowing part of fishing is sitting in the boat for hours and hours until you find that great spot. And then that's your spot. I feel like that's marketing. <laughs> exactly. I was excited. You get excited and then you're like pulled back and you're like, oh, now I'm frustrated. <laughs> and then you're excited again. <laughs> I think any of us that have been in those types of roles understand exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and to Licky's uh, comment, I'm sort of the same way, Gene. If somebody comes to me from a creative standpoint and starts to de- wants to design something that I've asked them to design, I wouldn't have a clue how to describe what I'm looking for got a general idea, but I couldn't put it into words. And so you, I don't know if you've tried this or if your CEO would be amenable, but one thing that helps me when I have a creative working with me is I'll go out and find what I'm looking for. I'll find ideas. So here's a URL, here's a web link, or here's a website that, that strikes me, or here's a book cover that I like, or here, you know, those kind of things. So it might be, you know, maybe there's a, a way to create a swatch, if you will, of samples. I like that. You, look, I started to say a minute ago too, you mentioned styles, right? Mm-hmm. Gene, you mentioned styles. Uh, Gene, have you had a chance to take the blind spot assessment yet? Not yet. No, I didn't. Okay. Well, when you get a chance, and then there's two real simple questions you can ask about your boss to yourself to try to identify their, your boss's style so that you can learn to begin to adapt to that style to have even more effective communication. And so I'll ask you real quick, if you were to answer this to about your boss, would about the CEO, would you say that he is more fast paced and direct or more slower paced and a little bit more indirect? That's hard. Because <laughs> uh, he's a little bit of both. Something like the event that was coming up, it was a week away. Nothing had been done. I just started. And he's like, you need the invitation. So it was very quick and to the point. And then when he didn't like what I had provided him. He's like, we can outsource it. But then the timeline didn't fit. So then it was more slow and let's get this right with the invitation. So it was like really quick and direct. And then it was slow and a lot of back and forth. Okay. How about the other question? Uh, Would you say he's more task oriented and a little bit more guarded? Or would you say he's very open and, uh, and warm and more people oriented? Open, warm, and people oriented. So that puts him at least in one part of the equation as a motivator or a peacemaker. 
that's the people side of the, uh, the equation here. Motivators and peacemakers are, you know, they're different temperaments. Peacemakers are slower paced, steady, even keel. Whereas a motivator can be all over the, all over the board. Very, you know, very energetic, very social, very outgoing. Would you say he's a, uh, he's very outgoing, very social, or would you think he's a little bit more, you know, he can be social, but if left to himself, he would probably be just fine being by himself. See, he's a little bit of both. He'll be outgoing. Like we work in the hospitality industry, so it's part of our nature to be outgoing and people oriented. But then he could be in his office listening to a vinyl and completely fine by himself. <laughs> and I've only seen him so far get mad once. And I wouldn't want to be on the other side of that phone call. <laughs> so he's hard, he's a hard book to crack. Well, right what you've just described is uh, Licky, a connector. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and that's exactly why I was smiling is because exactly uh, when I was explaining, I'm visionary, people-oriented, I just want to move fast, get things done, just not a detail-oriented person. And that's where Kevin and I make a really good team is he brings that side of things into our business. So understanding myself, Gene, I would say uh, just patience with his flightiness because you'll you may take three options to him and all three will look good in different ways and he'll want a fifth version of it <laughs> that's happened or yeah, somebody yeah. likes he likes the second one and she likes the first one but we go with his <laughs> yeah perfect then ask the questions at that why do you like it what what is it that stands out for that one thing that you like in number two and then create something out of that and if he's a connector, he'll want to move on to the next project pretty fast. This is just highlighted at that point, and the next project will come up, and he'll want to move on. The motivator part of him also likes to tell stories, so he may want to see the story told in the graphic. So there could be, you know, in whatever it is you're presenting to him, does it tell the story of what the event's about, or what he may be looking for that too. Especially with the art side that we're bringing in now, it's all storytelling. Gene, was that helpful for you? It was. Thank you very much. Fantastic. So who else? I would, uh, I'm going to make an assumption here, but I, I think it's safe to assume we've all had people who we have felt had expectations of us and we're scratching our head going, but I, I don't quite understand or I don't quite get it. What, what is it you want from me? How can I do this the best? How can I serve you the best? How can I be the best to, to accomplish whatever it is, right? How do you draw that out of somebody? I think those questions are sometimes too direct for people. So you have to break it up in, in smaller pieces. Like, you know, what you just said to Jean, like, what is it that you like in this? Like, do you like the colors? Do you like the drawings? Do you like the movement? You know, like just piecemeal it. I, you know, ask the smaller questions. Cause I think a lot of people don't know what they want. A lot of people know what they don't want, but a lot of people don't know what they do want. And that's the hardest question to answer. It's good, Vera. Maybe to add on to that, there's an opportunity to define what is that wall between the, if they can't decide what they do want or articulate it and get really clear about what to take off the board by focusing on, you know, okay, let's be clear about what you don't want here too. And to Vera's point, sometimes saying what you want is a very tough thing for all of us to do respect that and like jump into like meet them where they're at and go okay 
can we clear off the board of what we aren't going to touch? Eugene. I remember a conversation to follow up with what Mr. Bernier said is my daughter who has ridiculously long hair goes to see the, goes and sees the, we all see the same stylist. I see her cause she has a barbering certificate. My wife sees her because she's got all this beautiful salon experience. And my daughter does the same thing. I'm getting to a point like your eyebrows are telling me you're trying to figure out what I'm doing. You walk in and you sit down and, and so her name is Rochelle. Wonderful. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me what you like. And you show it in pictures and she'll tell you what, like the next time you come in, if this is, if you want to change styles, I need to see all the things you don't like. And I need to see a variety of things you do like, and you don't have to like everything about it, but I need to know the elements of all these different things you like, because if you're going to walk away satisfied with the product, whether it's marketing, whether it's your haircut, whether it's whatever, is she in the way that she takes it, it's her best foot forward too. You are wearing her business, right? She is, she is designing her business on your head. She doesn't want you to be unhappy and she wants you to get what you want. But if you're not clear, you're not going to get what you want. Let's be Randall. This reminds me of feedback, not just feed forward and, and not just seeking information up front, but how to get it, receive it, request it, um, and give it going backwards uh, in time to something that's already been done. So for instance, Jean, with your CEOs and all the different hotel CEOs that you work with and all their different styles, um, language that can be helpful is what do you want more of? What do you want less of? What do you want done differently? Or um, there's there's someone who does a lot in this space, a thought leader named Peter Hawkins, and his language is, what do you want to hold on to? What do you want to let go of? And what do you want done differently? Good. I like that. <laughs> I know I need to start asking those questions just because there's a lot of opinion and a lot of different <laughs> spaces. So. I can bring this into relational uh, personal side of things, I think one thing that can really help us in managing expectations inward or outward is to deal with the insecurity you have. I think a lot of times, uh, I think even with Randall's situation, I th think there was insecurity. And so when insecurity presents itself, it's very difficult. That's where assumption come, assumptions a vacuum that fills insecurity. And so I think that the one thing out of this conversation, we want to make sure we're looking in as well and managing our expectations of ourself and remove some of those imposter syndrome or whatever, the, the self-thought and the insecurities so that we can get honest feedback, so that we can receive honest feedback. And if it's wrong feedback, it doesn't have to affect us. I, why do we let it bother us? I would ask myself that if somebody gave me feedback, why, do I, why am I letting that bother me? I want to understand where is that expectation coming from? And why is it affecting me? And then, and then that opens up the dialogue because I can take a curiosity position on it. I can ask questions and I can offer answers. I can, at that point, I can say, how can I help you understand me more? Or how can I help you? So that, that's one thought that came to mind as I've been listening to the conversation. Great, Mark. You know, and, and I feel like there's really no such thing as bad feedback, right? And we can just learn to receive feedback and it may not be, you know, applicable. It may be way off base, but it's feedback and feedback is really important. We can sift through the feedback. We can actually take what we need to become a better version of ourselves, right? If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, 
Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now, back to the program. Yeah, I like what you put in the chat, Shishi. Uh, and what's the 10% truth of what they're sharing? So that comes down to, is there a point where you just need to be direct and ask the question, what are you not getting? And uh, phrasing it nicer for sure. But, you know, instead of uh, going around conversations, you know, what if, what up, how about this? And beating around the bush, just straight to, hey, I've got some expectations here. I'm understanding this is not getting clear. What do you need from me? And or, I don't like your communication style. It's affecting me. What do we need to do to re resolve this? Is there a point in time for that? Yeah, I think so. And I think that, again, as I'm a broken record on this, but set the table before you have that harder, more direct conversation. You know, you need to be able to set the table and say, hey, I, we, I have to have a very direct conversation here, but I want you to know it's because I care or because I want us to have harmony. And, and so... Um, I'm having a difficult time with expectations and whatnot, and then get direct. I think most miscommunication happens because somebody's insecurity does not allow them to be direct. And so we go in circles, right? So I think we just have to set the table and invite them into the process. I always say conflict's not bad. Conflict actually is an invitation to go deeper in a relationship. Mm -hmm. It gets our view of it that makes it bad. And so we get all insecurity and we don't like conflict and we avoid it. And so in that avoidance, we're not being direct. We're not saying what our needs are and such. And so it breaks it down. And so that that's my thought on that in your, in response to you, Ricky. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. I like that frame, frame it first and then have the direct conversation. I agree, Mark. And I'm going to bring this back to wrap up the situation I started this with. That is how I ended my conversation because the very first time that me and this individual had an interaction, it was in an indirect conversation style. It went from, it went from, it went from, it went from, and finally made its way back to me, which is what ticked me off the most in the moment. It was like, just like, ah, I'm right here. Just talk to me. I don't do indirect very well because it's nuances and assumptions and perceptions and all these other things of what you're hearing come around the boat, right? And I did say in that, in our, in our last conversation that the individual and I had prior to this one was, if you have something to say to me, I am here, be direct, be forward and tell me exactly. So was the email the most necessary or worded or, or the right way to do it? Doesn't matter. I gave her the kudos of thank you for coming to me first to allow me to process what's going on rather than to hear a third party story that I still have to come back to you about. And that's easier said than done for Absolutely. some, for some people, right? It's it really, really circles back to the idea of temperament or what we call styles, you know, it sounds like, uh, you know, you're leaning into that competitor style, Randall. It's like, just shoot it to me straight, bring it to me, you know, tell it like it is. I mean, that's how competitors roll. And that is not my strong personality trait or my strong style specifically. I want the big picture. I want the big, beautiful thing. I want the story. I want the motivation, but you absolutely that competitor edge comes out and I don't want to have to guess. 
I don't want to have to figure it out. If there is an issue, if there is something I don't like or something you don't like, what it doesn't matter whether I'm working on a marketing piece for are the socials for our organization or whether it's in another not-for-profit that I'm a president of. If there is something we need to do, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Because if it comes indirect, I'm going to be so damn confused. I'm not going to get it. So, well, and that's your style and being yes. aware of, of yeah. your, not only your style and your blind spots or, or the um, plainly visible spots that maybe not picking on you, Randall, at all, all of us haven't yes. necessarily dealt with. And it's one of the things that I love about the blind spot assessment and, and the, quick, the quick little tutorial that you all took Gene through of being able to somewhat guess at someone else's style simply by asking you know the, those four simple questions um direct indirect etc that you can pretty accurately place someone where you think they are on that wheel and what style they are and so what their blind spots are and so then you can adapt your communication style and therefore be more effective by being aware of their potential communication style and what their blind spots are while keeping your own front of mind. Well said, Shishi. Yeah, really well done. Okay, Randall, uh, do I have permission to set the table with you? You do. Okay. So I want to have just a direct conversation with you. Absolutely. Were you open enough for her to have a hard, direct conversation with you with an open mind? Mm -hmm. I would say yes. Okay. So can I ask you, what do you think your responsibility is in that conversation? Because there's two, two people in the conversation, there's two responsibilities. What's your responsibility in that conversation? To understand, to ask questions in the curiosity approach, I miss, may have misinterpreted information presented to me. Hmm. Give the person who sent that, right? I'm the receiver. Give the person who sent that the opportunity to clarify, to make sure that I understood the information provided. Good. Were you able to be vulnerable enough to say that, you know what, maybe I didn't get it right. Uh, I'd like to hear it again and let's try it once more. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Good. That's, that's where the conversation starts, right? And I like what you said there. You, 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 you left it open that you were open enough to allow her to speak. Was the other person confident that that was available? As I can't say yes or no to that. Yeah. And, and I say that as a competitor and I, I'm partner with a competitor at times. I can see his expression sometimes and he's like direct to the point. And I understand, I understand that's not what he needs. That's just the way Kevin rolls at times, direct to the point. Then I'll have to step back and say, hey, Kevin, what do you mean by that? And then we'll have a good conversation about that. If you're putting that hat on of the competitor, it comes off across as I've had enough, just get to the point and I need to move on. And the other person at that point is recursive moving backwards, putting up a guard and saying, I can't do this anymore. So there is two people in this, in this conversation and there's relationships and there, there is responsibility on both sides. Mm -hmm. So sorry to put you on the spot there, but I just wanted to just bring good. that up because it's, it's, it's an information that I think we all can relate to is how we come across and how we actually allow that other person to speak to us. Well, you know, I was thinking about the, uh, the, the whole concept here of expectations, right? In this two-way communication, how do we draw expectations out of somebody or vocalize our expectations? It really, it really boils down to getting connected with that person, being in a, in a, uh, in a good, solid communication place where you understand you can adapt to their style so that they're more likely to receive from you. 
back to what somebody else has said, maybe it's Gene, uh, somebody's talked about, or maybe it's Mark. We have to ask our part in this equation. Like, cause you can only do so much with other people. You can't control other people, right? We can't change other people, but we can always ask, you know, how am I doing? One of the things with expectations, when we set expectations, we create expectation gaps. So we have this high expectation and then the actual results come in lower. Now there's a gap and that expectation gap in all cases, yes, that was an absolute. In every case, we will fill that gap with negativity, frustration, discouragement, disillusionment, anger, you know, you, you, know, you name it, we'll fill that gap because we just naturally will go to that negative place. So we bring it full circle. And if there's expectations, whether it's from somebody else or from ourselves, if there's expectations, it's the question is how do I manage these expectations? How do I uncover what they are and then drill deeper and say, you know, okay, what assumptions went into these expectations? So there's a, uh, there's a tool, the second half of the tool, STP cap. Some of you have heard the, the tool, but it's a, it's a critical thinking tool and STP is stop, think, and then proceed deliberately, which can be explained another time. Cap is when you're thinking about expectations, whatever it is, ask yourself, what context am I missing here? What assumptions are, am I making and what perspectives are available? Cap context, assumptions, perspectives. And if we can learn to start thinking in terms of, okay, I'm, I've got these expectations. Let me run it through cap to make sure that they're realistic to deal with my emotions when they fall short. And then how do I proceed deliberately now that I've had a chance to really process this? And I like how you did it, Randy. When you got the email, it's like you did STP. You stopped, you thought about it. You're like, I'm not going to proceed until I can do it deliberately. I'm not going to react to this. I'm going to manage how I'm going to handle this. And that's the point. Kudos. Don't get me wrong. I had my first read and I was like ready. I was fight mode. Uh -huh. Don't get me wrong. Uh, that is why I had to stop thinking, then proceed. And I, I gave myself time to like, I read this wrong. I read this wrong. Mm -hmm. I re I'm reading the energy. This is not about that. What are the words on paper? What am I learning from this? Because I was ready to, to pound nails in a wall, I'll tell you. I'm sure everybody has hit the send button one minute too, too quick at times. <laughs> so kudos for holding off on hitting the send button. There's lots of AI out there right now. I wonder if there's an AI to stop those send buttons to just hit and go. Thinking about the tone is like, hey, I'm going to let you hit send, but I'm not going to send it out for another little while for you to rethink it. That's nice. This artificial intelligence be like, Kevin, you are not sending that email. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking out for you. <laughs> so maybe the first response is type out what it is that you, you know, if, if it's in an email format, but save draft. Don't click send, just save draft. Always remove the two. When you do that, yes, always remove yes. the two. Yes. Been there, done that, paid the crow. <laughs> do not put the address in there. Uh, it's spoken like somebody's gone through this, Gene. <laughs> well, I like that, Vera. You said Outlook can actually have a setting where you cannot send for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Wise. I, I loved it when Gmail came out with this five second, you can undo that. It's like, oh, undo. But I will say any important conversation should happen live in person, not through writing. Yes. 
written communication for conflict resolution is the worst type. Especially because it is filled with indirect and nuance. Yeah, you can't read, but, you know, unless it's all caps, you can't read uh, what somebody's indentation, what their intention is. So, and I'll tell you, if it's all caps, I'm not reading it anyway. It's it's, it's the lowest distracting. Form of, it's the lowest form of communication. Okay. Yeah, if you can do it in person, I agree, Mark. And second best would be a Zoom or a face to face online somehow. If you can't yeah, physically be there. Body language and tone bring 93% of the conversation, right? So if you're just written, you're only sending 7% of what could be communicated. 5% body language, 38 tone of voice. So your words are 7% of what you're trying to say. It's on Gene. Nice. Thank you for listening to the Awareness Advantage podcast brought to you weekly by the leadership team at Blind Spots Global a multinational, multicultural leadership development organization specializing in transforming managers who are good at getting stuff done into great leaders who can influence and inspire others to achieve their best. If you have not yet subscribed, please do so now so you will never miss an episode. If you would like to join our live virtual studio audience and participate in the conversations, visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. We hope to see you there.